I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 170 for the weekend starting 10 March 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, multi-choice talks up DSTV Now and online streaming, and a new streaming player comes to South Africa. Also this week, MTN is trying to reinvent itself for a new era. A new deal on the ICT white paper, could it be true? And WikiLeaks, CIA leaks. Time to push the start button on another podcast. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rehot? How's it, Duncan? Very good. How was your week? Yeah, it was good. Busy, as always. I'm a bit tired, and I've got lots of housework to do this weekend, some maintenance on the old house. Oh, fun and Otherwise, games. I'm good. Fun and games. Uh, yeah, I'm also tired. I haven't slept uh, well uh, this week, but uh, we're looking forward could, to it. Could weekend. that be a, a result of a hangover from uh, from your birthday yesterday? Not at all, actually. I um, <laughs> I took it very easy. I went and listened to a trail running presentation, so uh, I I, uh, I had a very easy uh, birthday. Nice so. birthday. Well, no. happy birthday from the other half of the Tech Central podcast. Thank you. Thanks very much. But uh, um, this isn't about us. It's about the tech news. So let's yep, jump straight yep. into it. And um, DSTV hosting a. Uh, Press conference out in the town of Machalisburg, which uh, is um, sort of halfway between Joburg and Rustenburg, I'd say. Uh, very nice venue there at uh, at a hotel. Uh, and I popped through for some of the sessions yesterday, um, two day event. I didn't stick around for the whole thing, but uh, went went along for the for the highlights. And I think on the first day, and uh, they they're talking some interesting stuff. Um, Mark Rayner, who's the CEO of Multi Choice South Africa. Uh, talking about how broadband is really changing the broadcasting game uh, for them, for the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really starting to talk up streaming um, uh, and video on demand and all that sort of thing and the slow demise of uh, linear television. So it's interesting to see a, yeah. hear a traditional broadcaster talking about all these newfangled things that we typically have from net, the Netflixes and Showmaxes of the world. Mm. Um, but they're really pushing in that direction. And we've seen it happening for a while already um, with thing, thing services like Catch-Up, for example, and then the online integration with their uh, PVRs, allowing you to to watch content on demand delivered over the internet as well, beyond what's stored on the on the decoder. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now they're, they're going to the next level. Um, they've had, for a while, they've had a service called uh, DSTV Now, mm. uh, which is a, their streaming um, platform. Which you kind of f- feel, I've always kind of felt was um, kind of treated as a poor second cousin, not, not, thing that some, not something they were investing very heavily in. But you get the impression that that's starting to change and that DSTV now is starting to become a big focus for multi-choice, which, I, which is, I think, quite exciting. Um, as someone whose viewing habits have changed dramatically in, in, in the last couple of years, I mean, I don't watch linear television at all. Anymore. At all, yeah. No, at do all. Um, and I used to watch a bit of the news, a bit of sport and that sort of thing, but... You know, to be honest, I don't watch, you know, sport occasionally. I'll watch a game. I'm not a huge sports fan. That's the only wild card with uh, with any terrestrial television, mm. really. I mean, the licensed yeah. uh, content like that. But, um, you know, even news. I, I used to, you know, catch a news bulletin on, on one of the news channels or something. Mm. I don't even do that anymore. I just get it on, get my news online. Mm. Um, so it's, it's uh, I think it's good that, um, that um, multi-choice is thinking in this direction. Now, DSTV now is, 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 um, is a linear television offering, funnily enough, delivered over the internet, in addition to all the catch-up services. So you get access um, to 60-plus uh, streaming channels. Yeah. Uh, not all of them are there. Some notable exceptions, like the ENCA News Channel, for example, is not there. But all the big ones, like you'd expect, Mnet, the movies channels, uh, Supersport, they're all available on DSTV now, along with um, a lot of catch-up, online catch-up content mm, and over yeah. a 1,000 movies. Um, so it's quite a compelling service. The, the big problem with it is it's only available in a standard definition format at the moment. Um, there's no word at this stage when when that will go HD. Yeah, that's quite a surprising. I mean, you'd imagine that a company like that would have the bandwidth and the civic mm. capacity to push it. Maybe they're trialing it to see the uptake. I mean, I guess it's going to cost so. a lot of resources at the end of the day. I think so. I, I would imagine that they're just waiting to hit the button on the HD. Mm. Um, I don't know why they haven't done it so far. Maybe they don't want to... Um, I don't know. Maybe they don't want overload to overload the system, so to speak. I don't yeah, know. I don't know what the reason is, but um, I'm sure HD is. I'd, I'd be very surprised if DSTV now does not have H- HD streaming by this time next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so they're announcing a number. Of, they made a number of interesting announcements. Uh, the first was that um, it is now available for uh, Chromecast devices. Nice. So yes. if you have a Chromecast uh, plugged into the back of your TV, you can now um, use your Android app to send the 
the stream to your to your big screen TV. Mm. Again, still as I understand it in standard definition. So, uh, yeah. if you want to watch the HD feed, you're still going to have to go back to the satellite uh, decoder option. Mm. Um, one hopes that will change quite soon. Um, and then I asked during the uh, after um, Mark Rayner's presentation, I asked him whether DSTV now. Uh, which at the moment is only available um, to DSTV premium customers. So if you've, you have to have a satellite box, uh, until recently you even had to have a PVR to access the service, but now uh, they've made it available to all premium customers. And in fact, they've announced this week that uh, DSTV now will be coming to compact and extra uh, customers as well. Uh, so they, um, there'll be a limited subset of channels, obviously, to the mm-hmm. to the uh, to those other subscribers. So yeah, you'll yeah, be subscribed yeah. to that. But I asked him whether they're going to bring it to um, to um, as a standalone service, and he said it's something they talk about every day. Uh, they they can't give me a date at this stage on on when that'll happen, but it's in the future. It's coming. Nice. Uh, nice. And I think that'll be a compelling value proposition because I think a lot of people, you know, people who've got broadband, do they? You know, you move into a house, it's got fiber. Do you really want to have to go through the pain of getting an installer and to put a satellite dish on the roof and then plugging in this this antiquated set-top box into your TV, yeah, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. You'd rather just, I don't know, I don't know about, um, I don't know about other people, but I, you know, honestly, I'd just plug my TV into the internet and watch. Uh, well, that certainly is the future of any kind yeah. of, I guess, watching or, or, or entertainment these days. I mean, yeah. it is going that way. Uh, it's now just a matter of converting those people that still have terrestrial boxes. Yeah, and that'll take that'll let's, let's be honest, that'll take decades. Yeah, it will. I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a long uptake, but yeah. I mean, there's enough people t- doing it at the moment, streaming mm. online to to, to warrant yeah. um, the market. We're, we're we are the early adopters, yeah. and, and listeners to the show are the early adopters. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll all have some, some some sort of streaming alternative in in, in most of our houses. So indeed, as, as listeners, yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so I think it's quite exciting that they're talking about doing this stuff, and um, and and uh, we're, uh, you know, I, I look forward to playing with it. But that HD stuff has to come sooner rather than later, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so some interesting announcements coming out. Yes, they're going to be supporting um, Apple. What's it called? Air, AirPlay. Oh yes, um, nice. Where you can push to to your Apple device as well, push to your TV, mm-hmm. Apple TV mm-hmm. uh, options. Uh, that's coming um, quite soon. They haven't given a specific date on yet on that yet. I think they, they said they've they've got an issue with with Apple. I forget the exact detail. It's in the story on TechCrunch. Yeah, I'm sure the, the the licensing process uh, yeah, or the, the process complex. could be quite good. It's uh, a bit more. Pre- it's a bit more difficult than going the, going through Google. Yeah, apparently, um, but. Um, but look out for that, you know, it's uh, going to be an interesting one. And Rachel, before we carry on, I want to talk about a new uh, streaming service called iFlix that's coming to South Africa. But before we do that, I have completely forgotten that we need to do our quiz. The quiz. I uh, don't want to interrupt you. There was such a great conversation about the DSTV now. <laughs> so let's do our quiz and then we'll come back to talking about streaming. Uh, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. First question in this week's uh, quiz. MTN's Batuman Kleko steps down as interim executive chairman on Monday to make way for new CEO Rob Shooter. He will revert to being non-executive chairman, but he intends to step down from the board altogether. When will this happen? Our second question, MultiChoice is expanding. Oh, here we go. I've given away all the answers. <laughs> MultiChoice is expanding its DSTV Now streaming service to more subscribers. Apart from premium, which other bouquets now ha- will, now, will now have access? The third question, the CEO of MTN South Africa, Teto Nyati, quit this week. What what his new what is his new job? And for a bonus point, who is take, uh, taking over the CEO role at MTN South Africa? Uh, fourth question: Fiber broadband provider Vumatel is expanding in KwaZulu Natal through an acquisition of which company? And the final question: WikiLeaks leaks of apparent CIA spying tools showed the agency allegedly was able to hack to and take over the cameras on what TV brands? And we'll get to that story a bit later in the show. But um, let's get back to uh, this discussion we're having about uh, streaming. Um, so this new server, have you heard, heard of iFlix before this week? Never. I mean, yeah. it looks remarkably a lot like Netflix <laughs> if you look <laughs> at it at first glance. It does, but indeed. Yeah, never heard of them. Um, so they, from what I can tell, came out of Malaysia. Um, and they operate in about uh, half a dozen or more markets in Southeast Asia. And... Um, they uh, are a very low-cost um, streaming option. Uh, they, I think, in Malaysia, the price they quote is around a dollar eighty a month, and um, in most markets they operate, they're between two dollars and three dollars, or two dollars and two dollars fifty a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at twenty-five, thirty rand a month um, for a range of Hollywood and local content. Uh, they say that um, their um, target 
marketers, people who pirate content, uh, and they're priced uh, to be so low that it, it's a no-brainer to actually subscribe and to get access to their, to their services. Um, so they're significantly cheaper than uh, than Netflix and mm-hmm. and Showmax in this market, and uh, probably on a par with the sort of um, uh, pricing we see from Amazon Prime at the moment. But that's mm-hmm. a special introductory offer. Uh, so uh, we, we don't have, know the details yet of what the launch plan is here for South Africa. Um, we just know that it's coming. Um, I suspect, uh, reading between the lines, that it's coming this year, and they're going to planning to launch in a, in a number of African markets. Um, uh, Africa and the Middle East they've identified as a big growth area uh, for their business um, they've been focused on emerging markets in Southeast Asia and they want mm-hmm. to continue to grow in, in, in emerging markets which I think more than putting them in in, in conflict with Netflix probably puts them into a, on a collision course with Showmax yeah. mm-hmm. um, because Naspatch has said that Showmax is really an emerging markets play and they've um, expanded into Kenya and into Poland and of course they're available in markets all across Africa um, so uh, iFlix looks like um, a, a more direct competitor to Showmax uh, especially in light of the fact that um, both companies um, are saying that they're going to be developing local content in the markets in which they operate in fact Netflix sorry Showmax uh, in Poland is is already offering a wide range of um, local content in South Africa there's quite a bit of um, local content available on Showmax nice, as well nice. including Af- Afrikaans content uh, so um, it's uh, it's an interesting one and um, uh, Bloomberg reporting uh, earlier in the week that uh, that they've just received iFlix that is they've just received a ninety million dollar so one point two billion rand investment uh, led by uh, telecommunications giants Liberty Global and the Kuwait based Zane which is a big mobile operator with uh, interest in a number of markets so they've got uh, they've got some heavy hitters behind them so they're not a they're not a fly by ma- fly by night crowd this mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're coming uh, quite aggressively into this market. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they what they launch with. Um, I think I suspect we're going to have to wait uh, quite a few months before we uh, see anything here in South Africa. Mm. Uh, probably later this year, sometime we'll we'll see something. Uh, but uh, you know, the, uh, the proof is going to be in the pudding, as it were. I think we're going to um, we're going to be spoiled for choice. Yeah. Uh, it's not just these guys. We've got MTN, which is keen, to, very keen to get into the space. Yeah. Um, PCCW launched here, but they went very quiet quite quickly with their uh, with their offering. Um, but th- there's a lot of uh, guys looking to come into this market, and um, I think, uh, uh, and, and they're big guys as well. I mean, Nasdaq is a gigantic company. Um, MTN obviously is a huge company with lots of resources behind it, and this company, being backed by the likes of Zane and Liberty Global, uh, is is also a serious player. And uh, one wonders to what extent and how long these players are willing to run at losses in order to to build market share. Um, yeah, could could yeah. we be looking at a, a serious war in streaming TV services over the next five years, in which these companies just just go for broke? I think so. Look, I mean, it, it certainly seems like, as with craft beer, if I can make that analogy, <laughs> it's a very hot thing right now, and everybody's trying to open their brewery or open a, a content shop yeah. um, that can that can license or stream. I mean, it's the same thing with music uh, that we're seeing now, with the amount of streaming services mm-hmm. that's available, specifically to us in South Africa. I, I suppose the risk to continue your craft beer analogy is, <laughs> is that they all they all get punched drunk and yeah. Uh, yeah. and and uh, you know. Pour billions of rands into these into these things when perhaps the market doesn't justify it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess it depends on the technology you, you run on uh, run your system on. I mean, if it's custom built and uh, mm. you want to be a Netflix rival through and through, that's mm. what you'll have to do. Um, I'm also sure there's a lot of uh, these streaming services that just piggyback off an existing um, infrastructure yes. that use streaming services just to provide a licensed content uh, to customers. I guess it's, it, it's really the content that's going to dictate who stays. Mm. I mean, we know Netflix isn't going anywhere because they're producing some superb titles for at the sure. moment. For sure. Um, if we look at uh, just guys licensing content, that might not get them far. But if they invest in local mm. content and, and mm. really pick up the slack that SABC has dropped so 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 terribly on on uh, content developers you know mm. that there's, there's just not nothing happening in that space um, I mean, there's a huge opportunity there for the, for someone who can come up with uh, with the right content and there's no doubt you're right you, i mean you mentioned the sabc uh, you know they've um, they've had a huge audience historically from those soap operas that they they commission yeah, yeah. at some point in the future one of these uh, streaming providers is going to come up with a soap opera that's going to be massive in the mass market and then everyone's got to have it then you'll have yeah then then you'll have your moms and pops uh, <laughs> converting just to get access to yeah, that. indeed yeah, indeed for sure, for sure.
Indeed. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's certainly going to be a, a robust and interesting market over the next uh, over the next few years. And there's no doubt as we as consumers are going to be are going to win out of this. Mm. Um, but it's clear that we're also going to have to subscribe to a range of these services. It's not like there's one provider we can choose. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, happy with that. I think mm. uh, if if you look at, uh, I mean, DSTV's got that monopoly on the amount of channels on terrestrial. Yes. But if 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 you were to break it up, I mean, and and buy an adventure package or an outdoor package, being the National Geographic channels mm. and the sports package mm-hmm. i can see myself doing the same thing if dstv were to do that so mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not really too too far to imagine that we you'd have show max netflix like yeah. we already do you know just yeah, subscribe really to, yeah. to the ones that you want their content from indeed, indeed and you can stop very easily if you don't like it you know you can indeed yeah there's no lock-in so and i do so i mean i've i've i can't watch all of them there's already too much yeah, content and yeah. there's more coming so i've already kind of made up my mind that i'm going to subscribe to two yeah, uh, and yeah. and I'll just choose whoever's the best to at any given moment. So if which we, two are you using at the moment? Chimax and Netflix, I imagine. No, I'm currently subscribed to Netflix and Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah, Amazon okay. Prime. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'll continue with Amazon Prime if the price goes up to ten dollars or whatever that whatever it is um, mm. uh, after the trial period. If their content mix hasn't improved dramatically. Um, I, there's a good chance I'll probably go back to Showmax actually uh, once the yeah. two dollar ninety nine special period is over. But there are a couple of shows on on Amazon that I'm really enjoying. Uh, I'm busy watching Goliath at the moment, which is uh, mm, quite good. Nice. Some of the acting is a bit dodgy, but uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's a good show uh, anchored by Billy Bob Thornton, who's a brilliant actor, uh, and of course um, uh, the Man in the High Castle is also uh, excellent television, uh, both yeah. on Amazon. Um, but you know, once I finished those shows, and I subscribed in the first place for the Jeremy Clarkson show, uh, yes. Grand Tour. Uh, you know, once once I finished those shows, um, you know, I'll probably go back to Showmax. Mm. Um, and I'm enjoying Showmax at the moment. It's got mm. some really great South African content on there. You know, mm. um, I wasn't a big CakeNet fan, but there's some good South African. I just watched a documentary series. It was quite an old series um, about the history of uh, filmmaking in South Africa. Oh yeah. And it was interesting going back to the beginning, you know, the beginning of the industry, really, and, and talking about the big players and, mm. and the guys that made film in South Africa happen. And you can't get that anywhere else. No. I mean, this is all archives that they've bought from whoever mm. owned that content. Mm. Um, and yeah, that re- immediately mm. showed the value to me in, in, in having that local content. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't see myself cancelling my Netflix subscription. Uh, the, con- the, li- the amount of content on there is just too big. Oh, yes, yeah, and, it, and they add so many amazing they things. They do. I still miss the US version, not the yeah. idea. VPN not working for that anymore. Um, but, but the South African good. version good. has improved dramatically. In terms no, it of has. It's just there's, yeah. there's some movie licenses mm. that you don't have that's on the international one. Sure. It still has the better library in there. Of course, and I think that'll always be the case. Um, but, yeah. but I think as time goes on, you see that, that, li- that library improving in the yeah. South African yeah. market, especially yeah. as some of those exclusive content de- deals they did with the likes of MultiChoice expire, and then they can start to yeah. load some of their original programming, exactly. like, like House of Cards, etc., that they sold to MultiChoice in the past, they, they can now keep back and, sure. and use on their platform. So it'll, I think I think we'll see that improvement. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, you, you do have to um, subscribe to multiple options. I was quite interested to hear the CEO of MultiChoice this week at the press conference talking about um, what, what the industry term for it. They call them skinny bundles. Um, <laughs> skinny so, bundles. Uh, he says the jury's out on skinny bundles or the traditional model of having a broad um, amount of content everything. available. Um, but uh, I'm, as a consumer, I'm quite happy buying multiple skinny bundles, as it were. Yeah, yeah. I mm. think customize a little bit. I mean, it's... But also, I mean, the, the reason why skinny bundles will work is because of the cost of having all of those channels, like yes. the DSTV's uh, example, is just too expensive. You, mm. we, you know, 800 rand a month, roughly, for mm. the content, mm. compared to 100 and something odd rand yes. uh, on, on the streaming equivalent. Yes. It's difficult to justify when you look at it like that, when you have access to the streaming services. Yes, yes, yes. So you, you have to add the cost of broadband on top of that. But um, if you've got it anyway, because... Mm. You, I mean, you and I. Again, we, we're in that. Yeah, we're we're going to have internet at home. It's just oh, yeah. you know, it's non-negotiable. Yeah. It's um, water lights. It's, oh, well, water lights and uh, internet. Really. Yeah, yeah, indeed. In fact, <laughs> internet at number one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then, then electric- electricity, because you can actually power your devices without electricity. Yeah, true. And then water, because yeah. I mean, you can always yeah. drink beer. Oh, the beer. <laughs> anyway, we need to take an ad break and uh, refill our non-existent beers. Uh-huh. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. 
Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? So I had a very interesting interview uh, this morning uh, with the uh, chairman of MTN. His uh, current title uh, for today only, up to today, is uh, Interim Executive Group Chairman of MTN. In effect, acting CEO, and he's been in that position for the past 18 months or so. He's uh, stepping down. Today is his last day as an executive at MTN and uh, making way, of course, for the new CEO, Rob Shooter, who uh, starts uh, on Monday morning, um, 13th of March. And uh, I, I had the opportunity, and I, I really enjoyed the interview because um, Patuma Kleko doesn't give media interviews um, very often, um, particularly not uh, ones where you sit down and have a detailed recorded conversation. Um, so it was really f- fun to, uh, to to sit down with an executive of his level uh, and, and talk about um, his 15-plus years uh, at MTN, many of those uh, as the leader of the company, um, and the guy who really grew MTN uh, from what it was, a, 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 a South African operator with a couple of smaller other territories, into a major player in emerging markets. To talk to him about you know, what he felt were um, his uh, greatest achievements um, and his greatest regrets, uh, you know, what he would do differently if he had an opportunity to go back and do it all again. Uh, so it was a fascinating discussion, but a, a portion of the, the interview that I, I really enjoyed chatting to him about was um, how the telecommunications industry, uh, not just in South Africa, but worldwide is changing. How we you know how we move. We speak, we've spoken about it plenty of times on the show before about um, how the industry has moved away from that, is moving away from the high margin mm-hmm. voice era uh, where telecommunications operators did really well and enjoyed fat profits, profit margins. Uh, into a new era where uh, it's the data-led era where um, volumes are much higher and margins are lower and into um, what I suppose you could term broadly the digital services era where these companies are moving into providing, into making investments in internet services, content. I mean, MTN has an investment in a company called Snap in Iran, which is an Uber competitor. Uh, and it's really, uh, it was really interesting to to get his views on um, on on the culture cultural f- aspects of this because, you know, these are big telcos. Um, they might only be twenty years old, but they've they've grown into these big, um, in in many respects, lumbering organisations with their own with their own cultural issues, um, that are quite far removed from the sort of culture you find in Silicon Valley. In, in internet startups. And so I had a really interesting discussion with him, uh, getting his views on, uh, on on how you integrate uh, the cultures, the disparate cultures, and how you try to build um, new businesses um, mm-hmm. with, with, with what are going to be younger executives, um, hungrier executives, and how you, 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 you get the, the traditional telco business to work with those, with that side of the business as you try to transform uh, from being a voice telecommunications company into being a broad data-led um, um, internet company. Uh, and it was a fascinating discussion. I'd like to just uh, um, uh, to just have a little listen to a few few minutes of, 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 of uh, Patuma's um, views on how exactly you do that. So let's, let's have a listen to that. The skill space that took MTN, you know, from 2000 to even you know 2015, which was a particular business construct that we all know, right, is not necessarily the skills base that's going to take you, you know, from where we are today for the next 10 years because the evolution is very fast. It's becoming more digital. Uh, you need to improve your yields because if you keep on investing the kind of capex we're investing, uh, without creating new revenue streams that are of a decent margin, then in effect, the return on investment would come down. Um, so is I identified then what the solution is, but fundamentally I'm saying content, financial services, uh, et cetera, et cetera, broadly called digital and new revenue, really needs to be a very, very important part of the business and needs to grow at such a pace that it outpaces the drop in, in uh, invoice revenue, which obviously was the contributor and, and, and the margin driver. 
So do you, do you build that from scratch? Do you do you start your own media business, your own video content streaming service, for example, or do you do you go out there and do a, do you do a, do you do like the U.S. operators are doing? Do you do a blockbuster acquisition? Well, I I suspect that if you try and do it all yourself, um, I think you'd lose focus, and I think you'd really really struggle. I think you need to find a way of saying what is the best construct of you know bringing in that content uh, to a platform that's got 240 million subscribers and there are many permutations of that as well um, but even if you know whether it's JVs or certain strategic partners or even an acquisition for that matter um, you still need a far more heightened skills base that can deal in that area, which we don't necessarily have. Mm -hmm. You know, we have people who are very much in the traditional mobile telecoms world, but, you know, content and how to exploit it, use it, uh, add value to it, and distribute it is, is, is somewhat of a different game. Well, interesting views from Patuma Nfleko, the, the uh, chairman of MTN, on, on, on the cultural uh, difficulty in, um, in, 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 in trying to bridge uh, what they're trying to do into the new world they're trying to go into, the digital services world with the legacy voice telco world. Man, that's a tough job. I don't, uh, I don't think anybody can do it very easily. No, it's a, it's, it's, it's a tough job and um, it's, it's going to be the job. It's, the, it's what Rob Shooter, the new CEO of MTN, is starting on Monday, is going to have to figure out. They're making big investments in that area. They've got a number of interesting um, investments. They're investing in content, video on demand, streaming. Um, they, they're pushing into all of these new areas. Uh, we mentioned Snap, the, the Uber competitor that they're yeah. invested in Iran. Um, do, you, do you keep these businesses separate or do you try and integrate them with the telco business? I mean, Patuma's view is clearly that you, 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 you've got to have some level of integration. Um, but um, I don't know, the cultures are so different. Yeah, but disruption will, will get you on every platform. Um, we've seen this with these mm. protests now. Um, and you just need to adapt, and mm. only the strong will survive. I mean, it's companies we've had can, it good for a long time. Companies can do it. I mean, Microsoft is the classic example of a company that has had to reinvent itself and has yeah. done so successfully. I mean, they've done it several times, actually, yeah, yeah. in the past. I mean, they started out as a, as a packaged software supplier for PCs. <laughs> Uh, the internet came along and, and, and disrupted them. Um, they, they succeeded in... I suppose you could argue how well they succeeded in that era. They call it the Steve Ballmer era. Yeah, but uh, there's no doubt that they've succeeded hugely successfully in, in the software as a service cloud computing era. It took them a while to get there, though. It and did. If you compare it to, to an equally big company in its day, BlackBerry, who completely failed because yeah. it also failed to, to see what uh, or Nokia. Where, where it was going. <laughs> yeah, and Nokia. I mean, who would have thought those two companies would have, would have sold those assets yeah. or at least stopped making them? Indeed. Um, so no doubt that Rob Shooter has a huge challenge ahead of, ahead of him at MTN, um, but we'll be watching with a great deal of interest as they move very clearly into, uh, into a new strategy and a new operating model. Talking of telecommunications, uh, we ran a story on Tech Central this week um, after I spoke to a number of sources about um, the ICT policy white paper, which we've, I think we've spoken about just about on every episode of Talk Central for the past month or two. <laughs> um, and there's a proposal that's been put on the table, an interesting proposal. They're calling it a hybrid model. Um, six operators. Um, let me see if I can remember them now. It's Vodacom, Neotel, MTN, Celsi, Telcom, and WBS. Is that six? I think so. Um, and they're, um, they're working through Deloitte, uh, and they've put a proposal on the table for a hybrid model um, f uh, related to the wholesale open access network that government is proposing in the ICT policy white paper. Um, I don't want to rehash all of the background to this uh, because I'm, I'm sure the listeners to this show know it well, but the uh, very short version is that the government wants to create a new monopoly in infrastructure in South Africa in the form of this WOAN or Wholesale Open Access Network and all future um, high demand spectrum, in other words, spectrum for 4G and in the future presumably 5G as well, uh, will be allocated exclusively to this um, new monopoly infrastructure provider and everyone else is expected to compete at a services level. Um, this has drawn huge um, criticism from analysts and from the big mobile operators. Uh, now, the, the operators um, 
putting this proposal forward um, through Deloitte uh, and presented, I think, a couple of weeks ago now at a, a, a symposium organized by the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services, uh, that um, the industry, that the WOAN goes ahead and be licensed, but that uh, the um, operators still get ex access to exclusive use spectrum. So both models coexist. Uh, the WOAN doesn't get all the spectrum but uh, the, the existing operators also get spectrum, which they can use mm. themselves to build, which I think is the, the most critical thing uh, that they're looking for. Um, the qu question is um, whether the government is going to accept this. Um, they, they, they're putting, they've put a number of, number of promises on the table. They've said, we will buy 30% of the WOAN's capacity. So whatever it builds, we'll buy 30% of it. Um, in, other, in, in other words, they... they, they coming up with a way to ensure the sustainability and the feasibility of the WOAN, because if they didn't agree to buy from it, then its success is far from guaranteed. Mm -hmm. um, so addressing, I think, a government concern there that, uh, and, and probably the reason that um, they weren't offered exclusive use spectrum is that the government wanted them to ensure the sustainability of this network. Uh, so, you know, putting that on the table and then also um, making a number of um, promises around black economic empowerment, saying that they will reach level two, under the new BEE codes, um, which I understand from the former, now former, uh, we could have said that last week, uh, CEO of MTN South Africa, Mteto Nyati, uh, that, that that is quite a, a difficult uh, target to attain under the new uh, BEE codes, which are quite rigorous. So it sounds to me like they really have come to the party in terms of this offering. Mm. And, uh, um, you know, they're not, they're not just coming and saying, well, we'll take you to court government, you know, we think your idea is rubbish. They've um, they've come to the the table and they've put a whole lot of proposals there, which um, which I, I think you know actually meet the government halfway on this issue. Um, now we need to find out whether the government is uh, is um, prepared to listen to them, um, mm. because if they don't, it's going to go to court, uh, and um, I think everyone loses. Then the government loses um, because. Uh, you know, the objectives of the white paper are going to be delayed by years. The industry loses because they don't get access to new spectrum for years. Mm. Um, and it's a, the consumer loses because um, the networks aren't being built uh, and the investments are not being made by the network operators. Uh, so one hopes that uh, there'll be a meeting of the minds, but um, the government seems to have been quite intransigent on this so far, um, repeatedly saying that uh, the white paper is not negotiable. Uh, and that we're talking to the industry uh, not about its content but how we implement it, uh, which I've said in the past I don't think is a particularly useful approach to take. Um, it's, it's, it's an intransigent approach, and it's the one that will lead the industry to court. Um, so one hopes that um, a sense is going to prevail. I see that uh, the DA's um, spokeswoman on, on telecommunications and postal services, Marion Shin, has been following this issue with a great, with a great deal of interest and very closely, uh, has written a letter to the Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa uh, saying that, um, or asking him to intervene in this matter, yeah. uh, saying that she's worried that, um, you know, the trenches are going to get dug and that, that there's going to be a, uh, you know, let's rather deal with this issue now and, um, and, and uh, again, have a meeting of the minds before this ends up in Parliament and before this ends up in the courts, which I think is a quite a sensible approach. And uh, one hopes that the Deputy President does have a look at um, the letter that she wrote to him and uh, and um, does get involved. And, and you know, Sora Ramaphosa is a former chairman of MTN um, until, I think, 2011 or 2012. He was the, the chairman of MTN before he went back into active politics. Uh, so he knows the issues. Um, so, so one hopes that he will step in and, and will... Uh, look at this issue and will mm. provide uh, the leadership, which I think uh, from a government side is actually um, necessary and, and perhaps a bit lacking given the approach that the department has taken to date of, um, of basically saying, no, this uh, policy is simply not negotiable. Um, when, you, when, you, when you're saying to the, the um, operators that invest the vast bulk of the money in this industry on net network infrastructure, um, you can say you consulted widely, um, but I, I think some uh, some players in, in this industry are more important than others. Uh, I mean, MTN and Vodacom invest 23 billion rand a year. Uh, their voices um, need to be listened to. Mm. You can't mm. ignore them. Um, or you can't put um, someone who makes no investment in this industry or makes, has made a promise that they might make an investment in this industry in the future. You, you probably can't give them the same level of credence as you do to someone who's already making those investments and is prepared to continue to make oh, those exactly. investments.
But um, so that's the white paper. It's going to be very interesting because uh, the um, ministry has said that they want this issue before cabinet and finalized by the end of this month. So they are moving very quickly. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a, a story we're going to be following very closely in the coming weeks. Um, the last item of news this week uh, is the WikiLeaks disclosures uh, about the CIA. Uh, More revelations. Revelations, yes. Is your TV spying on you? Is uh, is uh, the head of the CIA <laughs> watching you on your couch, on your fancy new Samsung TV? Interesting that um, the WikiLeaks um, information or, or, or disclosures, which we still don't know 100% sure actually were from the CIA, but it certainly looks that way uh, because the CIA hasn't confirmed it. But... Um, uh, the Samsung TV issue was an interesting one. Mm. Um, t- Samsung TVs with an integrated camera, which certainly is, is not the bulk of them, um, but ones with an integrated camera, um, can, these documents suggest the CIA has been able to hack them and uh, can take uh, take them over without you even knowing that they've been switched on, and watch you surreptitiously eat your oh, popcorn on good, yeah. watch your popcorn on your sateen. <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously not uh, the market they're looking to target but um, it's a bit discomforting i think if you if you've got a tv with a little monitor on top staring at you i must yeah. say if i had a, if i had one of those tvs i'd probably put some masking tape, tape over it too yeah. yeah look i mean this is, uh, the reason why this is quite worrying is the fact that we're only going to get more cameras in our living rooms if you mm. look at uh, augmented reality and virtual reality those things require cameras and sensors to to know where you are in the room once we have those things in every household, mm. this kind of story has got a lot more impact, and it's got a lot mm. more. Uh, there's a, there's a lot more issues to deal with then. For sure, um, and we we can't have this. It's mm. scary stuff. It's it living is. in a movie, living in a Hollywood movie. It is so. Um, th- these um, disclosures affect uh, a lot of things: um, Android phones, uh, iPhones, mm. uh, Microsoft software. Um, it's quite quite wide ranging. Um, Apple, I see, and, and other companies have said that a lot of these issues, Microsoft as well, say that the, um, a lot of these security vulnerabilities have in fact already been patched. Uh, not all of them, though. Uh, I see Julian Assange uh, from WikiLeaks is saying that uh, he's prepared to work with the tech companies now and provide them with the tools. They say they actually have the tools that the CIA uses. Hmm. They decided not to disclose those or make them available publicly on the Internet um, for obvious reasons, I suppose. Um, but they've said that he's willing to make them available to these tech giants uh, so that they can see what the loopholes are so they can fix them, which sounds yeah, fair yeah. enough to me. Sounds and good. I see Microsoft has already responded saying, well, we've got a channel for this. Simply email this address at Microsoft.com uh, with, with the information that you have and we'll uh, look into to patching these uh, problems as quickly as possible if they exist. I think the real, the real issue still remains that you know as long as we've got uh, camera-connected devices and internet-connected wo- internet things of, uh, of the world, um, this will be an issue, um, mm. and just doing software patches, I think, you know, you're always going to play a catch-up game, uh, like the, the that famous uh, uh, f- Facebook photo of Mark Zuckerberg with the tape across his uh, yes um, camera. Camera. Uh, mm. That's just kind of something I think most people will start doing yeah. or should start doing. Should start it's, doing. It's it's a physical physical deterrent to digital problem. All right, so let's let's move on to our um, our uh, winner and loser of the week, Rechat. Um, I've chosen our winner, Andrew Bonamore. He's uh, the chief executive of Times Media Group, which publishes the Sunday Times, the Financial Mail and Business Day. Um, and uh, I've chosen him mainly for because of this um, uh, response that he uh, issued to uh, a journalist called Joseph Boyson, who's a business report multimedia reporter. Now, um, a business report, of course, is owned by Independent Group, which uh, was bought by Iqbal Survey um, a couple of years ago now. And uh, TMG and uh, and independent group um, have had wo- had words with each other, I think, in the mm-hmm. past. And uh, uh, Times Media, one of the Times Media publications, I think it was the Financial Mail, uh, publishing a, um, a a piece about Iqbal Survey and the and uh, and the independent group, which uh, Iqbal Survey uh, did not take kindly to. Um, so it was in in that context uh, that uh, the, these questions mm-hmm. arrived from Joseph Boyce, and I'm going to read this because it's it's really quite entertaining. So Joseph Boyson, who I've never met, uh, sent uh, uh, a set of emailed a set of questions to to Andrew Bonnemore, the CEO of Times Media Group, and these are the questions and answers that were sent back. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question was, "Can you please confirm getting a salary of twenty eight million rand?" The answer that Andrew Bonnemore sent in response: "Thanks for the increase. I'll spend it wisely." <laughs> oh wait, you'll need to get it past the board's remuneration committee first. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Next question. Is it true that TN, with an N, not an M, retrenched 450 people, mostly black? 
the answer, you must be confusing us with another media house. Question, <laughs> did you keep the white middle management? See above. Question, is business day running at a loss? Answer, read our financial statements. The documents are in the public domain. Question, did you sell new Metro to your friends without lease agreements? Answer, you obviously haven't encountered the concept of corporate governance. <laughs> Question, did you sell exclusive books to Mark Barnes, CEO of the post office, and did you declare this to your shareholders? Are you friends with Mr. Barnes, and did you work with him at Brait? Answer, ditto above. TMG has a board of directors who take their fiduciary duty rather seriously. Question, is it true that Dr. Johann Rupert was given a lift Time Achiever Award, presumably meant to be Lifetime mm. Achiever Award. Mm. Uh, his answer, to my knowledge, Johann Rupert is self-sufficient and doesn't require lifts. <laughs> Not using Uber, obviously. Next question. <laughs> Are you a racist? Answer, oi vey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what sort of question is that? Yeah. Um, next question. Would it please be possible to respond to these questions by the end of business today answer lighten up but it's a friday <laughs> bonamore then added on a serious note these questions clearly suggest a deliberate effort is being made to denigrate myself and times media because one of our journalists had the temerity to ask questions about a media business while a healthy open discussion about the business is essential to any democracy this sort of slanderous attack is to be regretted mm. interesting stuff very uh, interesting uh, I'm not Good sure. Read. I'm not sure about the fl <laughs> the flippant response from him, but um, uh, maybe it was justified in the context of the questions that yeah, were asked. Yeah. Um, particularly, that question: Are you a racist? <laughs> what sort of question is that? <laughs> yes, I'm a card carrying member of the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> are you supposed to answer a question <laughs> like that? Anyway, for uh, providing Friday's entertainment at least, Andrew Bonamore is our <laughs> winner of the week. <laughs> And our loser this week, uh, uh, losers this week, very easy to pick, I'm afraid. Oh. Um, and that's the metered taxi drivers who blockaded Johannesburg's highways, particularly the highway to the airport this morning, causing uh, absolute chaos uh, to protest against uh, Uber and the competition they are getting from uh, Uber drivers. Um, I'm sorry, guys, if you want to win the hearts and minds of uh, South Africans and uh, have them come over to your side, don't block a highway. Yeah, don't make it more difficult like it is. Um, you've got competition, deal with it, find a way to adapt. Your prices are going to come down because you've mm. got competition. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, you don't um, make inconvenience the lives of thousands of people who need to catch flights, people who are commuting to work. Yeah, it was chaos this morning. It chaos. was total chaos. Um, I had a look at it on, on Google's um, as traffic, um, yes, Google Maps yes, traffic, yes. and it was just this sea of red across the East Rand of Johannesburg this morning uh, because of the uh, highway blockages. Mm. Um, um, I'm sorry, you just don't win hearts and minds of people by doing things like that. And Not at all. Already Not when, at all. when people find the convenience of Uber um, to be wonderful. Mm, I mean, mm. people love Uber. They... Um, yeah. They, you know, it's 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 a cheaper form of transport than than the than the traditional metered taxi industry, and it's very convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, if you if you want to um, win the PR war, you you're, you're not going to do it by uh, bl bl blocking the highway and inconveniencing people. Exactly. So, um, our losers of the week are all of the metered taxi drivers who were involved in that protest action. What's your pick this week, Richard? So. Duncan, you know that, that that feeling you get when you go to the beautiful Eiffel Tower in uh, Paris, France, and you want to take a photograph, but there's just thousands of people all around yes. ruining your otherwise beautiful, picturesque shot. I've got an app solution for that. There's a very cool app that uh, I came across recently. It's called Landmark Lens. And essentially what it does is you mount your phone onto a tripod or your iPhone. It's available on your iPhone. Mount it on, your iPhone, uh, on a tripod. And uh, once you activate this app, it will take a series of images. Um, and it's very clever with its algorithm. It uses the series of images to detect the movement in the image. Mm -hmm. um, the movement indicates people. And it will then use uh, some special effects to remove people from it. It works remarkably well. Um, the, st the more still you can get the camera, obviously, the better the photograph. Um, and the busier the scene you're trying to take. Um, and it creates some hauntingly beautiful photographs. Oh, if yeah. you want to go to downtown Joburg, middle of the day, um, you won't see any people on that photograph. Um, it's not perfect. There are some cases, some people that maybe stay, stay still for too long. You could see some ghosting effect. 
But to be honest with you, for the most part, the test shots I've taken has yeah. come across, come out pretty cool. So that's so landmark you, lens. So you can um, you can pretend the apocalypse has already happened. It's already happened. Yeah, you're the yeah. only person left on the planet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's quite handy. I mean, I often you know if you want to take photographs uh, in places where people are in front of you the whole time, it yeah. just it just kind of eliminates that. You won't probably blow up these photographs to a zero size um, because it's your cell phone after all. Mm. But it's great for social media sharing and mm. um, a lot of fun. Great stuff. Landmarklens.com. And it's a free app. Yeah. It's iPhone only, you said, hey? iPhone only, yeah. Okay. Um, my, my pick this week, and uh, um, it's, it's uh, I guess, something not something I would have, picked, have, would have picked for a long time because I just haven't been using the software, but um, I decided to uh, uh, go and have another look at Linux. Um, it's been, oh, Linux. It's been a very, 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 very long time since I ran Linux on my desktop. Uh, I think um, Ubuntu was in its early days when I when oh, I yes. last uh, used a Linux desktop, and that was a very long time ago. That was a long time ago. Uh, so I um, I was curious as to know what you know what what are people running these days, and uh, you know there's that distro um, distro watch website where uh, you can get mm. an idea of what people are downloading and stuff. But I spoke to a good friend of mine who is also a, a, an avid fan of this podcast. Hi, Martin. Uh, who, who suggested I check out something called Antigos Linux. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, it's built on top of um, Arch Linux, uh, which apparently all the all the Linux geeks or all the Linux geeks who all know the what cool they, kids. all the cool, cool <laughs> Linux kids are using these days. Apparently, um, and um, it's it's a it's kind of a user friendly um, version of of Arch, if you like. Uh, installed at no issues. Very easy to install. Um, uh, installed it on, on a on a ThinkPad. Uh, I, uh, Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Carbon um, worked absolutely beautifully. The, all the hardware worked, the touchscreen, everything, um, and easy to use and, and fast. And a really great uh, distro, I must say. It's um, it uses uh, the GNOME desktop environment, which I've always, uh, you know, even when I was mm. using Ubuntu back in the day, I always preferred GNOME over any of the other. Um, uh, what do you call them? Um, um, I'm going to get crucified by our <laughs> open source user <laughs> listeners. The user interface, yes. Um, uh, I've always preferred that to things like KDE, for example. Um, although it'll run, um, I'm just having a look, it'll run Cinnamon, Mate, KDE, Plasma 5, and XFCE desktops. Uh, so you're not stuck with GNOME. But uh, running on top of GNOME, it's absolutely beautiful um, and really easy to use. Uh, my, my only issue with Linux is you still can't get them the, mo the more popular um, office suites, for example, Photoshop mm -hmm. and that sort of thing to run on it uh, unless you use some sort of emulation software like Wine. Um, but there are there are good alternatives to most apps available now. Um, if you don't mind using things like the GIMP instead of Photoshop, yeah, great, great piece of software, or using LibreOffice instead of um, Microsoft Office. Mm -hmm. um, the the biggest hitch I actually ran up against was was finding something that supports an Exchange server for mm -hmm. my email and calendaring and that sort of thing. Um, I, I wasn't really able to so find. Is there a product? Do they still exist? I don't know. And they do. Uh, there's Thunderbird. Thunderbird, which seems still seems to be quite popular on the Linux platform for email, but it doesn't support Exchange okay. uh, server environments. It's still not export, <laughs> support Exchange. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but um, you know, you can access that stuff through the web. To be fair, you don't mm. you don't have to have an Exchange client on your desktop. Uh, it does prevent it from being a mainstream operating system. I, I guess it. I, I guess it does. Yeah. Um, there's there's always workarounds. There's always ways of doing things. Um, but uh, it's a Linux always has been and probably always will be a, an OS for tinkerers. Mm. Um, if you don't mind, uh, you know, going online and finding a solution or even writing your own solution. <laughs> um, you know, if you're technically minded, if you're tech savvy, then then Linux still is a great OS. Oh yeah. Um, and it's come a long way since the last time I used it. I have to say, it's looking it's looking good. Um, I haven't used it in a long time. It's robust. So. It's stable. It's fast. Certainly, this distribution that I'm trying out is is all of those things. Would you use it as your primary operating system? No, I wouldn't. So it'll always be a secondary device. It, it's it's I, I've, I'm playing with it. I'm having fun with it. Um, but I've put it on a secondary mm. laptop. Mm. Um, I would not run it on my primary laptop or my primary desktop machine, uh, just because I need to get things done quickly and I don't have time to to come to on, online code open and edit an image. No, no. <laughs> and I'm not. Uh, to be honest, I'm 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 not. I'm probably not tech savvy enough to be able to do a lot of the things that. Uh, that um that that hardcore linux users um you know can probably do in their sleep um you know you've still got the th issues like device drivers you know you once um mm. i mean we record this podcast we use some pretty advanced um podcast uh, editing software which uh you know i'm sure there's an alternative available on linux but it's so easy to use on windows yeah. Uh, yeah. i'd rather just use the commercial software that's available for productivity windows. at the end of the day it is it is it um i think moving to linux would affect my productivity i think if you if you know linux if you're a, if you're someone who who who's grown up on it who's um 
who, if you're a developer, if you um, if you're comfortable around a Unix command line, uh, then it's fantastic. Um, you know, you can do great stuff with it. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's not an every man's OS. Uh, it's still not an every man's yeah. OS. But I enjoy tinkering, and uh, you know, I did try to run Ubuntu as my desktop OS, and I did run it as my desktop OS for uh, I think a good couple of years. At one point, when uh, you know, I got the hell in with Windows XP <laughs> or whatever it was in the day. The alternative is yeah, uh, and um, you know, it's it's great stuff. So if you've got an old machine lying around, or even a not so old machine, uh, and you haven't if you haven't tinkered with Linux for a few years, and a lot of th- I think a lot of people um, who uh, who did run Ubuntu and other Linux distros, I think they ended up going Mac, uh, yeah. and now they sit on yeah. Mac OS ten. Um, and you know, I think like me, there are a lot of guys out there who. Um, who couldn't make it their primary OS or didn't want, no longer wanted to use mm, it as their primary mm. OS, who've moved on, uh, either gone back to Windows or I think in most cases have moved to Mac. Um, you know, it's, it's worth going, going and having a look at uh, how far the open source community has come um, in, you know, in, in, in some of the software that's, that's available. It's, it's not always a completely seamless experience, but mm. um, certainly Antigos, um, the Antigos Linux distro that I've, I've installed is very pretty. Uh, and uh, pretty powerful um, once you mm. figure a way around it, which is not difficult to do. Um, so there we go. Put your kids on it; they will learn coding very quickly. Oh, indeed, indeed, indeed. And uh, thanks, Martin, for the for the, the tip about uh, Antigos and for uh, uh, helping me with some of the software on there. I appreciate it. And that, I think, is our show. It is indeed. We just need to do our quiz results. Yeah. Let me let me. Uh, let me ask the first one. MTN's Batuma and Kleko steps down as interim executive chairman on Monday to make way for new CEO Rob Shooter. He will revert to being non-executive chairman, but he intends to step down from the board altogether. When will this happen? And that will happen by December 2018. And if you haven't already done so, I do highly recommend going to listen to that uh, podcast interview with Batuma and Kleko, yeah, which yeah. Uh, is on Tech Central at the moment. Or you can get it through our other podcast, uh, um, uh, uh, podcast feed the Tech Central uh, podcast. If you simply search Tech Central in your podcatcher, yeah. iTunes or, or Pocket Casts or whatever you happen to use, mm. uh, you'll find both this podcast and the Tech Central uh, podcast. There, we recommend subscribing to both of them, uh, and uh, I think you'll find it worth your time, worthwhile your time. The second question: MultiChoice is expanding its DSTV Now streaming service to more subscribers. Apart from Premium, which other bouquets now have access? The answer: DSTV Extra and DSTV Compact. Our third question, the CEO of MTN South Africa, Mteto Nyati, quit this week. What's his new job? And for a bonus point, who is taking over as the CEO at MTN South Africa? And Nyati is going to Ultron uh, to take over as CEO from Robbie Fenter. And the new MTN SA boss is Godfrey Motza. The fourth question, Fiber Broadband provider Vumatel is expanding in KwaZulu-Natal through an acquisition of which company? The answer, Estate Connections. And our last question in our quiz this week, WikiLeaks's leaks of apparent CIA spying tools showed the agency allegedly was able to hack and take over the cameras on which brand's TVs. And if you have one, uh, get some masking tape now. <laughs> the answer is Samsung Electronics. Well, look, if you have any camera, let's put a tape on that. I think that's good practice. Let's make it a, let's make it a hashtag drive. Indeed. Just take it off when you do a Skype call or something. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> That's our show for this week. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback, and thank you. We've been getting lots of it lately. Our uh, email address for that is info at techcentral.co.za. Until next time, from myself and Rechart, cheers. Ciao, ciao.